What's crappin' everybody? I'm JD and this is another episode of How I Got Tinnitus. It's uh it's getting warm out here in New England and I've noticed that a lot of people in New England like to take full advantage of every possible warm weather weekend as they come. Unlike growing up in Texas where it seemed like it was just hot for 10 months out of the year, where one warm Sunday afternoon didn't feel any more special than another. I I mean, I guess it's all relative, right? Some There's some special Sundays in South Texas, to be real. But, um, yeah, I just noticed a lot of folks around here maxing and relaxing when it comes to those warm weather weekends. So. I've been trying to take advantage of the same thing, and uh, this past week, some cool stuff. Went out with some buds and did some mini golf. Came back and watched some some fun movies. Uh, one was a scary movie, Willow Creek, this like Bigfoot spooky movie. I actually broke down, like our car broke down on this epic road trip in Willow Creek, California, years and years ago. Pretty wild. Uh, I enjoyed it. I don't know if if my friends did. But yeah, so mini golf and and movies. And I just got to like forget about my tinnitus for a while. And so that was really sweet. I also went out with my girlfriend on with this canoe. And we're like in the water and in the sunshine and everything. And just taking it all in and feeling great for like this whole afternoon and it was so awesome i just once again forgot about my tinnitus for so long and that was such a relief i've actually been doing pretty good with my tinnitus um i i even wondered this week as i was sort of mentally preparing for doing the episode does it make sense like what am i going to talk about if my tinnitus isn't bugging me but of course i snapped out and That's like a perfect reason to do it because I want to have this record of when things are going good. I want to take note of the things I'm doing, which apparently is getting out a little. Um, So yeah, we were out on the water in the canoe, sunshine. There were like birds flying overhead. It was was just really nice. I, I have a question. Have scientists been looking at the link between canoes and tinnitus? I'm just saying. You know, seem to help me. Is all I'm saying. Um. So this past week, Autonomy, which is this pharmaceutical company working on a cure for tinnitus, they announced some some results. And I was reading. I even read the transcript from their earnings report call. And um, read some interesting things. Apparently, so there's this company, Autonomy, and they're working on um, a a pharmaceutical application that is supposed to, or is designed to cure tinnitus. And they do it via this intratympanic injection of a specialized formula they call Odo313. There's also an Odo413, which is designed to affect hearing loss, and there's a couple other interesting formulas that they're doing, even one designed, it's a gene therapy 
designed to help people with congenital hearing loss. But anyway, so they had some interesting announcements. Apparently, the research trials into ODO413 have been a little promising at this stage, and they're going to be advancing further. In August, we should be hearing more news about trials on the ODO313 for tinnitus formula. Apparently, they've seen some good results there, and we're able to expand the trial to include not just unilateral tinnitus, which is tinnitus coming from like one ear, but now they've been able to expand into bilateral tinnitus and um, up the dosage a little. So we'll see what comes of that. I know some people are hesitant, and it is pretty freaky deaky. Uh, I mean, there's a diagram here on this page uh, showing a needle going into an eardrum, and it is it's a bit much. Um, but I did want, I did think this was interesting. There's this little history of the company uh, that I found on a website on Seeking Alpha. Uh, under management. It says, Jay Lichter, PhD, a venture capitalist, founded Autonomy with his treating ENT after being diagnosed with Meniere's disease, a disorder of the inner ear which causes hearing loss, tinnitus, and vertigo. The company was founded in 2008, and David Weber, PhD, has been the CEO of Autonomy since 2010. So it's a company that's been around for a minute, and interestingly enough, one of the founders has tinnitus themselves so that's why i'm tuned into this company and what they're doing so you guys know i love my celebrity and musician tinnitus tidbits and i learned this past week that coldplay is doing these concerts with these these wearable base delivering vests by this company Subpack, in addition to two sign language interpreters at every show. That's pretty wild. Chris Martin, the lead singer, he has tinnitus. He's been talking about it for a couple of years now. I saw he did this video interview and he talks about the steam. I'm guessing he means like a sauna is good for his tinnitus and like ginseng too. But, you know, I think that's pretty neat that a band of that size is is doing that kind of stuff. I went on their Instagram and was lurking around all these videos. They had some pretty cool stuff, like a fan sign language interpreter coming up to to sing along with one of their songs. And this kid from Mexico performing this heartwarming song called Different Is Okay on stage with them. Pretty neat. I... I was pretty into that first Coldplay album, Parachutes. I mean, Yellow was, not going to lie, it was pretty banging. The second album, also pretty good. But uh, I think the last song of theirs that I was really into was, I think it's the last track on their third album, X plus Y or X and Y. And uh, it's a good one. Gives you some... uh, Goosebumps. Um, so speaking of hard of hearing, today on the show is my friend Steve. Steve and I have known each other for a long time. 
I can't say I was exactly surprised, but I I didn't know he had tinnitus when he reached out and told me, hey, I got tinnitus and I had some things I wanted to say. So I was super pumped to have him come over. Steve uh, is a real fascinating dude. He makes this really good hot sauce. It's like crazy good. Uh, but he also loves riding motorcycles and... Needless to say, the motorcycles are going to have a serious role in his whole tinnitus story, but he got so stoked on these other uh, aspects of the conversation we had, and it was a real treat just to see him get all amped, and I'm excited for y'all to hear our conversation. Uh, One interesting thing is when Steve was showing up to record this episode, I have this little trickling water fountain Zen garden thing that I keep in my kitchen, which is where like every morning I come into the kitchen and I start my day and I don't want to be reminded of my tinnitus first thing in the morning. So I have this cute little water feature thing, super cute. And when Steve showed up, he immediately pointed at it and was like, that thing is really loud. See, the thing is, Steve just got hearing aids for the first time and when we talked it was just a couple days into his trial of checking these things out and so it was interesting to talk to my friend in the context of like him just beginning this journey of starting to address his hearing loss and he had some really interesting things to say about that and a bunch of other stuff so i won't waste any more time We'll get right to it. Here's me and my friend Steve talking about his tinnitus. Checking my voice because since I'm wearing hearing aids for a week, I'm just getting used to them. I'm talking quieter. You're having, do you think you were talking louder before you got the hearing aids? I know so. Because people were talking you Because know? now if I talk in my... Normal voice, it's too loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had to start doing that because I wear earplugs almost in so many environments now. To protect your hearing, you mean? Yeah, because I've been in lousy noise environments all the time. So, all right. Let me just, let's establish something right off the bat. Are we talking about tinnitus or are we talking about tinnitus? <laughs> <laughs> well, they both apply. I'm almost inclined to start saying, tinnitus because it seems like it's shorter to pronounce and all the pros use that because it, it, it just seems to roll off the tongue easier tinnitus yeah. feels like you're padding the brakes or something well that's interesting i don't think i can say tinnitus if it, that's it all right because like- uh because i'm from new jersey and tinnitus is it's just tinnitus do you know a lot of folks in Jersey who talk about tinnitus? No, but I just couldn't pronounce, you know, it's tinnitus, just like uh, Bogota in New Jersey is not Bogota. It's, it's Bogota. Bogota. And it's tinnitus. I got an uncle from Bogota. Bogota. Cool. Uh, um, You were just telling me that the sound of my little trickling water thing, which I use to ease my tinnitus, is terribly loud to you. Yeah, well... Uh, um, which is sort of a result of the roundabout way I ended up with these things in my ears right now. Because I, I, 
I went to, they sent me to this audiologist and she puts me in a, if you've been to an audiologist, I guess you know this, but I never knew this. They put you in like this soundproof booth and they test you with all these tones. And then we go in her office and she showed me a chart that I guess represented my hearing. And it was kind of low. It's like a graph from the mid low range to the high range. And it was kind of low in the beginning of the low range. And then when it got to the mid range and into the high range, it just dropped way off. Wow. And so she gave me these hearing aids, which I think she wants to sell me for a lot of money. She said, try them for, you know, two weeks, which I'm doing right now. And you got like a little, a little, uh, it's like a little fountain, little trickling water thing. But it's like in the high range, it was like something I couldn't really hear before. And I wasn't aware I couldn't hear it. And it's just, it's almost deafening to me now. Wow. I don't, I'm not sure I like this hearing aid business. Wow. And, but bringing it back to tinnitus, she told me, I said, well, you know, it's all good and everything, but I really came here for the tinnitus because that, that, you know, hearing loss is a little inconvenient, but the tinnitus actually makes me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I really want to address that. And I don't think there was anything she knows to do, but she claimed that the hearing aids would help. And it's true. Oh? In a way. Yeah, it's true. It, it's not really true because if I take the hearing aids out, the tinnitus is just as bad. So I'm not curing the tinnitus. But I don't notice as, as much when I wear the hearing aids. Uh huh. Um, I notice a lot of other noises that are annoying to me, like JD's annoying little fountain, <laughs> <laughs> which, is, you know, is really hard for me to get used to. And I'm not sure. I, I, I feel like I have, like, you know, even though I can probably hear a wider, I know I can hear a wider range of sounds, it's lo-fi. It's not like high-fidelity sound. It's like listening to an, like a cheap old transistor radio. Right, right. Yeah, it has like a, like a kind of plastic. And I'm a hi-fi guy. I don't want to live life lo-fi. You know what I'm saying? Did you ask her about the fidelity situation? Could you I, no, a- no, because when I first put him in in her office, she says they sounded just bizarre. And she said, you have to trust me. You have to just wear them. So I said, I'll do it. And, and it's true. I've, I'm, I'm getting more used to them. It's not as annoying when I, I, you get used to it. You uh-huh. get used to a lot of things. I get used to my tinnitus. I still hate it. But yeah. I, I, I can tune it out. Can you tune it out at all? I feel like when it first happened to me, I could definitely, uh, it was almost like a term I used when I was talking to someone was that I felt like I could swallow it away. I could just take a couple (laughs) gulps and then it would, it would go behind me or something, but that certainly isn't the case anymore. Do you, do you think, do you know when you developed tinnitus, like, was it an event? Or does it? Did you just suddenly notice it, or was it gradual? Yeah. So I, I definitely know that I, I did some things that led up to it. Like a couple of times, we would play shows, and I would come home, and there would be a ringing in my ears. Yes. But the, the real the first time I felt like there was an event was I was detailing a car, and I took the rubber floor mat out, and I smacked it on the ground to knock some stones out of it. Yeah. And it just made this clap this super echo on all the surrounding concrete yeah. and instantly I just I knew something was up 
and I came inside and I tried to take stock of it. And I didn't really notice at first. I, I just had this feeling like, was that ringing always there? Oh my exactly. gosh, it's right there. Exactly. And so, you know, they, what I've been told and kind of what the doctor told me is that it's not uh, so much an event, it's just a condition, almost like, like a nerve condition. But I know for me, there was definitely an event. There was okay. like I think I had it uh, low level, but not really, not really no, not not to the point that it bothered me. And um, well, long story short, or to cut the whole story out of it, I ended up spending two two days on a 1968 BSA with no muffler because the muffler blew off, and I was in this event in New York State where you know it's like this 300 miles on these country roads and uh i lost the muffler in the first mile oh, no. and so i just kept going and it was so loud it was so loud i mean really loud but also a very uh disturbing um resonance like this you know and it was it was horrible and uh but i was in this event so i kept going and i wanted to complete it and and I just, my ears were ringing, like howling uh, after that, you know? And I thought I did some damage and it was temporary. And it was not really temporary. That's my point. That was, uh, you know. So I think that, that really, whatever it was, it just jacked it way up. Yeah. And I've been living with that. And that was like six years ago. Six years. At least, yeah. Wow. But, but so as far as you know, is there any, like, treat? treatment i mean because that's what we want right that's what we're yeah, looking for. yeah yeah so that's what that's honestly why i'm doing this show because it's part of my treatment so if that's any indication yeah unfortunately there's nothing that's as far as we understand in western medicine there's no pill we can take that's right yeah but just before i came here and i don't know i don't know enough yet to really comment on it other than to say just before i came here my daughter in in florida who I had mentioned, you know, something about my tinnitus at some point. She had just sent me an article about acupuncture uh -huh. being effect, yeah. possibly an effective treatment for tinnitus. And so I haven't tried it. I had, I used to have an amazing acupuncturist that helped me with a few different things. And he's retired. So I don't have an acupuncturist now. I don't know a good one, but I am, I'm going to try to find one. Yeah, there's, um, there, was the article by any chance, did it, the person didn't mention drinking a weird tea, did they? I have no idea because oh. I literally got it just before I came here and I just started to glance at it uh -huh. and there was some medical review and it said they had like a control group and the acupuncture group and the acupuncture group had some definite improvement. That was all I saw. Oh, I, didn't, that's I didn't have time to really read it. I, so I did the acupuncture when I had my first initial onset after the, the car floor mat. That was in 2018. And then my ringing got much louder this past summer. June 2021 was when it suddenly got a lot louder. And I explored many, many options, and unfortunately, none of them made it better. And I, there was no event associated with that other than perhaps a big, a large amount of stress. 
Well, so hold. Yeah, I, I think that I think that all contributes because I think it's. I, I really don't know. It's a mystery to me, but I think it's more nerve related. Like like if you have an event, an explosion or something, you know, where you damage your ears, you actually can heal from that. And the tinnitus seems like it's just. It's not a thing that gets bad and then gets better. It's just like it's just there. Well, it is the result of of in the case of loud noise exposure, it is the result of. Uh, it's a, an accumulation. It, the, that hearing damage is cumulative. So if you right. did witness firsthand an extremely loud explosion or a motorcycle without a muffler at an earlier age, it might not be as persistent. You might experience 24 hours, 36 hours of ringing, and it might be likely to subside. But over time, repeated exposure to loud noise uh, ultimately results in this persistent what what is known as chronic tinnitus well it sure does suck yeah. so let me so you tried some acupuncture yeah how like how how much did you do uh the first time i probably did about three sessions accompanied by this this weird chinese herbal tea it was extremely bitter. I love Fernet Branca. This makes Fernet Branca look. Did like, they give you like a bag of dried stuff? Yeah, they, well, they put the, it in a jar, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you make the tea with it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about because my sister went to acupuncture school and she used to have like an apothecary shelf and it would be like dried worms. Yeah, and yeah, twigs, some and wild stuff, leaves, and it was just nasty. Yeah, so yeah, it was it was pretty nasty. I I I got the tea prescribed again with my most recent uh attempt at using acupuncture to help with my tinnitus. I almost had a taste for it this time. I was like, "Bring it on." <laughs> but unfortunately, the acupuncture didn't work. Also, I'm not sure I was really setting myself up for success in being able to receive the full benefit of the acupuncture. I was really rushing my appointments. I would like run to work afterwards and stuff like well, that. Well, let me ask you something. The, did the acupuncturist tell you that they thought they could treat this? No, they kind of gulped and looked at me and were kind of like, oh... I hope this works. Yeah, they, so not something like, oh, yeah, I know how to do this. No, no, they see no, the, they were, the desperation in my eyes, and they're just like, well. And and it, adjacent to their office, there's, a, a, I, I believe, it, shiatsu massage, and, and or shiatsu, that's like saying chai tea, right? And um, a shiatsu practitioner, and they have outside of their office all these books on various conditions that you can treat with their, with uh, acupuncture and shiatsu, respectively. And I started pulling them out often when I was in the waiting room, and I would go to the index and I would look up tinnitus. Because I figured Chinese medicine, tinnitus has been around forever. I think that even in ancient Egyptian texts. Of course, texts, it must have been, right? It used to be called the sick ear. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that fits. But yeah. let me tell you something, my understanding, uh, something I understand about acupuncture, right? Yeah. Because I mentioned my, my sister was a licensed acupuncturist, or, and um, she went to this school, but when, uh, but she's, you know, this was a school in the States, she's from the States. Um, and uh, one of the things I learned is that there was very, there very little st- standard of of uh, uh um 
certification for an acupuncturist. Right. It's state by state. So, so for example, if you go to an audiologist, they have to have graduated from an accredited medical school and completed certain things. Acupuncturists, not so. And it's from state to state. Some states have no, at least at what I knew, they had no requirements. You want to call yourself an acupuncturist, hang a shingle, have at it. Or you can take some courses or you take a, a, a year of classes or whatever. And I've been to a number of acupuncturists for different things and not, not, not great. But then I had one that was amazing. But he was from China. In China, they don't call it acupuncture. <laughs> they call it medicine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and acupuncture, the needle, in other words, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, quote unquote American acupuncturists, they learn needle technique. But when this guy, who's fourth generation doctor from China, needle technique is only one part of the medicine. Right. Right. The herbal part is another part. But, you know, he went to like six years of medical school in China. Yeah. You know, he would be like, an equivalent of a surgeon and he and the needles is just like a surgeon's scalpel but you have to have a very very deep understanding of medicine before you can practice effectively yeah and so i guess what i'm saying is what i really want to find is a real chinese doctor that would be worth exploring that is where you might find where we might find some relief because it's not surprising that somebody that's grown up, you know, here with Western medicine and Western medicine knowledge, and they learn some needle technique and some herbal stuff, but they're not necessarily going to know how this works. I mean, because it's, it's a completely different way of thinking. Right, right. It's a totally, yeah. Completely different way of thinking. Um, when I first went to my, this acupuncturist, who, I'm sorry he retired, but he was amazing, um, I was having all these allergies that I never had before. And I go in and I try to, explain to him, oh, I think I've been, you know, observing what's happening. I think it might be when these trees are in bloom or that this is what I, I might be allergic to this. And he's like, you don't understand. That's Western thinking. Yeah. He says, it's, that stuff's always there. That stuff's irrelevant. It's you. Yeah, it's you. It's your energy, right? Right, right. And he'd take my six pulses and he'd say, oh, you have like liver wind or yeah. lung heat or whatever. And <laughs> we'll, liver, we'll treat is that. Is that a real quote, liver wind? Oh yeah. Oh nice. So the so so yeah, he takes the, six pulses. It's like your, I don't know, your spleen, your liver, your kidneys, your lungs, your heart. Or, you know, these where the places where your chi is, and then if it's running hot or if it's cold or if it's damp or, and it's just a it's an imbalance. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. he says, "I'm going to balance your energy," and it was my allergies were gone. It's like. But, you know, if I had gone to my Western doctor, they'd say, well, we have this medicine. Yeah, that we can shove on top of it. And and it basically treats your symptom. Yeah. Just like these hearing aids are treating my symptom, but they're not treating my tinnitus. Right, right. And and that's that's the Western approach. And that's fine, you know. Uh, But I would like to find, I would like to, I, I think it's an energy thing. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I think a really skilled uh, uh, Eastern medicine practitioner, someone that's really, really steeped in that entire tradition and not just needles or herbs. Um, I think there's an answer out there, man, and we're going to try to find it. Oh man, <laughs> we, we're so on the same wavelength here. Yeah, that's, um, 
one of the few sort of tinnitus treatment options that I think stands a chance to address it, at least from our current perspective, uh, is meditation is is a thing that comes up. Hmm. There's a guy that's written a book about how he used meditation to address his um, Meniere's-related tinnitus. What you're saying, it's so interesting, and that's why I'm so excited about having these conversations. Like, legit excited about this, because I think as I talk to more and more people, I'm noticing that people have these different hunches, and those hunches really really mean something so in in the western medicine approach there's people right now who are talking about this medicine where they inject it into your ear intratympanic Mm. injection of a proprietary uh, pharmaceutical blend there's a couple weird western things that we've found uh, do have an effect i from my understanding intravenous lidocaine provide some temporary relief from the perception of tinnitus, but that's not a thing you can go on doing because it has effects on your liver and stuff like that. <laughs> I I, that's just yeah. an interesting lead, but, but you, yeah. like you're saying, that, that's, that's more of addressing a symptom and not the root cause. Exactly. Not surprising. Uh, but I think this is, um, you know, I remember one time, a long time ago, I was talking to my son. My son was talking about something. And I said, "Well, maybe I can hook you up with this, my acupuncturist." And he says, "Oh, you you don't believe in uh, Western medicine, right?" It's like, "Oh no, of course I do. I mean, if I'm if I'm in a car accident, I'm lying in the street bleeding. Please do not bring me to an acupuncturist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a surgeon, man. Yeah, I need yeah. to get sewed up. But it depends on what you're trying to treat. Yeah. Well, this is a thing in your brain, and yeah. we don't, we haven't figured out neurosurgeons. There are some neuroscientists who are doing some of the the most important work in tinnitus research, but unfortunately, no one's figured out where exactly to chop with. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, you get, uh, I ain't a guinea pig, man. Insert scalpel here. But see, here's the thing. You are hot on, you know, chasing down these leads and doing this research. Now, how bad do you want to get rid of this? Really bad? Really? I mean, if nothing else, really my goal is to raise awareness so that we can all share this information. Of course. And if I can help any one person that is even a guest on this show, to address their own tinnitus and its related problems or help them to prevent more tinnitus or anything like that, that's, that's, that'll be enough. Well, you've helped me already because, you know, you've done a lot more research on this and talked to more people. Like, I don't talk to anybody about this. I, I, I just went to an audiologist for the first time. I've had this for years. Yeah. And that was just because I... Started with a new doctor, and she's like, well, "What's bothering you?" You're like, "Well, that that is." But um, but talking to you and talking about looking for different answers, trying to understand more, wh- you know, what are some things to try? Um, it's really interesting to me because I would love to get rid of this, of course. Um, but it's almost it's a little bit of a trap, JD. <laughs> Because it is because yeah. so far my treatment for tinnitus is to try to ignore it and try to find ways to put it 
you know. Well, and now I'm now I'm thinking about it, you know. And if, if I'm going to do something about it, which which I do want to do, I got to pay. I I have to be more aware of it, which I don't want to be aware of it. I'm trying to pretend it's not there. That's the way. It, yeah. It's and of course you know when it's the worst is at night. Yeah. Well, do you do? You have. You look like you're going to make a point. No, it's I mean I just. That's when you're you lying your, there and you can't ignore it. Oh man, you take your hearing aids out at night. Of course. Uh huh. Do you do sound therapy? I, you, I've only had the hearing hearing aids for like a week, so yeah. Um, do you do weird. sound therapy or sound masking? I have no idea what that oh, means. Oh, Steve. So you mean like a like a noise like a white yeah, noise yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I got my I got my white you noise generator noise in my head. In, but but <laughs> part of my struggle was seeing other people not going through what I was going through. If if it was like, uh, you know, the point, and everyone had tinnitus, and you didn't have tinnitus, you'd be you'd be like, "What's making me different?" And so, if if everyone had That'd be it, pretty awesome. <laughs> wouldn't it be cool? Uh, but but so that that was that was a big part of it. Uh, I found it like really isolating. Mm. Um, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're 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 carrying this burden all by yourself. Oh, I got this white noise in my head. I would just recommend, especially if you're saying that it's hardest at night. The reason I have that machine, that trickling water sound that you found so loud with your hearing aids. <laughs> the reason I have it in my kitchen is because the first thing I do every morning is I come into my kitchen, and I don't want to have to have the first thing I think about every morning be that tinnitus. Okay. So that trickling water sound distracts me. And my brain goes to that. So that's actually there. It's serving a purpose for you. For my tonight. It's not just a decorative thing. Yeah. It's actually yeah. like a therapeutic thing. Yeah. So that that's, so yeah, as I'm doing all this admittedly aggressive research into the world of tinnitus, I am going deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, but I'm bringing along with me a toolkit to help arm me against like potential problems that I'm going to run into. Well, okay. So, so I'd get sound therapy, get a white noise machine, or play it on your phone when you go to sleep. Well, find the okay. So you're answering the question I was just about to ask. Like, does that actually help? Oh yeah, so much. So everyone's different, right? I found these wacky videos on YouTube. They they're you can look it up. They're called like tinnitus flossers. That's what it says. <laughs> and when when you play this. This carefully calibrated frequency, I, I still have yet to understand like kilohertz and the full range and understanding. Dang it. Um, I, I don't really like fully yet understand all the frequency ranges and things like that. But there are these videos where you can find these weird like collections of, of like beeping and booping sounds. <clears throat> They're like and the idea is that through prolonged exposure to these sounds at a low volume, very important, um, it might help your brain to retrain. Because you know what's happening. I, I, I think I, I think I understand what you're saying, and I think the reason that would work is if that's like a background noise. You're basically you're training your brain to tune out those frequencies, right? Right. right. Because it's like, oh, that's just. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not about drowning out the sound. So it's not like you no. want to 
There was, I've read about this, this person who conducted a self-study where they had the tinnitus and they learned about sound therapy, but then they thought, what if I turn it up? And they, <laughs> they subjected themselves to catastrophically loud volumes to hope to like kill the tinnitus. And yeah. they just, of course, made it way worse. Yeah, of course. Um, yes. Yeah, so I important. think that's why the hearing aids supposedly help with the tinnitus because the tinnitus is a higher frequency. It's trying to fill and in I'm the gap. And I'm not hearing other higher frequencies. That's the only high frequency I am hearing. Now, I'm hearing, you know, uh, um, what do you call it? Like atmospheric high frequency, not just the high frequency that's in my head. So it's, on, it's just, it's not really very, it's actually, to be honest with you, it's not very noticeable when I'm wearing the hearing aids because because it's it's less prominent it's just it's just yeah. one of the high frequencies that are in my yeah coming in my ear hole so that that's 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 the kind of thinking behind sound therapy or just having these noise machines uh, around your house that help ease they they relieve you even temporarily from having to shoulder that burden of that sound that's in your head yeah but you know Yes. At the end of the day, it's bullshit. It's still the there. Because the, the hearing aids come out and it's still there. And you want to be Mr. Independence and you want to be able to like go hitchhiking and sleep in the middle of the desert and That's enjoy right. yourself. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, and it's, and it's difficult. That's a difficult pill to swallow. Even There's, after I started incorporating sound therapy, it was really difficult for me. I remember going on a bike ride and bike riding was one of the things that helped me to get over my tinnitus last summer. And I went for a ride in these dense woods with some friends, and the, the trees kind of dampened all the mm. ambient higher frequencies that would have normally helped me be distracted from my tinnitus. And oh, so it was, it was worse? So we're on this ride, and I'm outside where I should be safe, right? And it's, <laughs> it's just so loud, and I'm getting so bummed out. And my friends took sympathy on me, and they brought, they brought the ride closer to the river. And the trickling sound oh, no of the shit. river. There's no safe place, JD. You can't escape your <laughs> yeah, head. Yeah. You can't escape your own head. You know, it's very interesting because um, I guess uh, it's kind of my way of dealing with things like this. Like, I haven't talked about it with anybody. I, try, I don't even talk about it to myself. Yeah, I don't even think about it. I try not to think about it, but, you know, it's like... Uh, it's kind of sometimes it's kind of driving me nuts, but I try to ignore it. But you know, the older you get, it's harder and harder to ignore shit, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's real. That's not going away. I couldn't be more excited when you're talking about this idea that the there's there's something out there in Eastern medicine. We're or, gonna find that, or like some. Well, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna find a good acupuncturist because I need one. Yeah, go for it. I, you know, I I mean. Other than the tinnitus, I don't need one right now. But when I need one, I want to. I want to have one. Let me put it that yeah. way. Yeah, I I truly believe that there, if it's not out there already, it can be out there. And I think the people who give a shit just need to keep scratching their heads and trying to figure out. But, but before you had tinnitus, did you had you ever heard of it? Did you know anything about it? So yeah, that's that's a funny part of the story. I knew about it, but it's almost like something you said at the start of this. I thought I might lose my hearing, 
but I didn't realize a ringing would come along. So yeah. yeah, playing loud music like I did a lot of like I I love to talk to like old timer rockers and they they'd take me aside and they'd be like protect your hearing, <laughs> and I would wear earplugs frequently but not always not like as a rule and occasionally I don't know if you ever saw my band we were terribly loud yeah. and um I'm sure that never helped uh. But I always thought that the worst that would happen was one day I'd just be going, huh? And I'd just get some <laughs> earplugs. And I thought getting earplugs no. was just a part of getting old. I didn't realize that that was kind of optional if you were lucky enough to have hearing as good as I was born with. Yeah. And not everyone has that. Some people, of course. I talked to someone yesterday who told me that they had a lot of ear infections as a kid, and that's where they developed theirs at an early age. I right. Audiologist said my hearing loss is is hereditary. Like I didn't know. How did they figure that out? I don't know. Well, she knows my parents. She's got the hearing aids in them too. Oh wow! But so she knows some of my family history. Yeah. So that. some people are genetically predisposed. I uh, a a kid I came up with in the punk rock scene. I was actually just before he came here spying photos of him playing a show in an echoey concrete alcove in Texas, and I was zooming in on the photos of his ears, and I there was no ear, uh, earplugs there, and that was the kid who taught me to play it like wall shaking volume for me it's endlessly fascinating i don't wish to dwell on all the doom and gloom because i've had tons of that and i don't think that there's there's no real the only pro that i've been able to find in all of this this sea of cons from having tinnitus is that it acts as a strange sort of barometer for how good or bad I'm doing with myself. Um, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So, but I think, <laughs> but I, I thought you were going somewhere else. I, I think the positive <laughs> thing is just that we're having this conversation and, and that, you know, you're just, you're just doing something. I mean, doing anything is, is a positive. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're, if you're like, yeah, I, if you I, get attached to something and like, I'm going to, you know, whether it master a skill or learn a thing or, you know, connect with people or whatever it is, if you're doing something, that's a positive thing. And that's, and that's actually another uh, way of dealing with tinnitus is doing something. Exactly. <laughs> it's a way of dealing with everything, yeah, you yeah. know, because we do a lot of dealing with things in our head. Yes, so Which how, means not really dealing with them. <laughs> so speaking of, I think, uh, the, I don't know if you've heard any of these stats. A lot of tinnitus, there have been a lot more tinnitus cases coming through the medical system since COVID came along. And there's a whole list of reasons for that. I'm just curious, did you, did your tinnitus have any sort of increased effect on your life or quality of life during COVID times? Well. That's hard to say. I mean, COVID just changed my perspective on everything. Yeah, you know. Um, but you didn't this, have this right to now. Do. This is a weird example of that. This is slightly off topic. This is like, you know, you make all these adjustments for COVID. You go into, you know, you get into your pod. So I just saw my family and maybe a couple of people that were in my circle. I'm not going out. I'm not doing this. And you get used to it, and it's normal. And then I see somebody like you who 
I would see regularly and then I really haven't seen for like two years. And it's like, and that's when it hits me like, oh shit, things got weird. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, um, no, to be honest with you, uh, um, unlike yo, I did no research on tinnitus. I don't know anything about it. I'm gonna, I can tell you in one sentence everything I knew about tinnitus. I had never heard of tinnitus, and the first time I ever heard of tinnitus was an interview with William Shatner. Oh! Who said, who was somebody was talking to him, and he said he's, he's really struggling. He was super struggling with tinnitus. And I'm like, what the hell is that? And he says, it's this ringing, and it just makes you crazy, and da 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 da. I'm like, oh, that's. That that must suck, whatever that is. And then one day I had it. Yeah. And and that's all I knew about tinnitus. I don't read about it. I mean, I've asked people, oh, I got this thing. What do you do? And then I get the answer, nothing. And that's it. Yeah. And of course, there's more to it, but I I wouldn't go there. Yeah, there's so much more. Because I don't want to do all this research and find out that it's hopeless. But, you know, it's not. That's not the point. Of course, it's not (laughs) hopeless. And the point isn't. Even, I mean, I want to succeed. I would love to succeed in finding some relief, but that's not even the point. The point is doing something. Yeah. Right? And and just trying, making, you know, showing some, I don't know what it is, put something of yourself into it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. try to yeah. give a shit about yourself, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a little I, bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 when my tinnitus like suddenly came on, it took me down a peg or two, and uh, <laughs> it took me a while to even find where the pegs were. You know, like it, it, you mean on the mortality pegboard? It just yeah. it shook me so bad. Like I just didn't know what to do. I was super scared. I freaked out. I left town and I went on a cross country road trip with my all weather tires, which maybe wasn't the best uh, in car volume to. Uh, decision but i didn't have any problem in any terrain i came across but uh um yeah and i just kind of went adrift for a while and i just busied myself trying to learn everything i could about tinnitus uh shatner's work for the american tinnitus association oh you knew he had tinnitus too oh yeah he got it on set from an episode of star trek him and leonard nimoy my friend uh, ben actually knew the episode in question. He, I didn't even have to describe. He was like, "Oh, I know what it is." Wait, tell me. Uh, I might know it. They uh, they're on set, and there's explosions in a field, and they were standing over a blast charge that was buried underneath them, and um, the the blast charge went off too close, mm. and they both walked away from that event with ringing in their ears. I probably know the episode if I, I could. I can't figure out which. I want to say is, it but. starts with an R. Um, well, I, that's this is that. Now we're getting into quiz show. Yeah, material. yeah. Hold, hold on, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> what was the Star Trek episode? See, we don't have to wonder about anything anymore. We just okay. Google it. Well, this is and, when it comes to tonight. This, this is me. This oh, is, the episode was Arena. Arena. Yeah. Oh, I know a, that one. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, uh, they make them be like gladiators. Yeah. My tinnitus began some... while I was filming the Star Trek episode Arena. I was yep. standing too close to a special effects explosion and it resulted in tinnitus. There's a lot of people who've gotten it. It's like, a good episode, though. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it was kind of worth it. 
Uh, Well, because it's him, not me, but whatever. Steve Martin says he got it uh, while filming Three Amigos. There's a scene where he shoots a pistol in the air. No shit. Uh, Bruce Willis in uh, Die Hard. Uh, There's a scene where he was shooting, I I believe, a pair of pistols from underneath a coffee table. Fun fact, my uncle was in that movie. Oh, yeah? Well, depends on which Die Hard. I'm talking of the first one. No, he. I think he was in the third. God, how many of them were there? I think second or third. Five or six. The third one's my favorite. The third one. Would they drive? Is it that the one where they drive through the tunnels? And Jeremy Irons. Yes. Yes. That's the one he's in. He plays a construction foreman that tells him not to drive in the tunnels. But you know, Bruce did it anyway. That's cool. I'll watch. I love the, the <laughs> Die Hard 3 is one of my favorites. Yeah, he's had, Bruce Willis has had tonight had for it. many years. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's the, I'm probably going to do an episode <laughs> where I just list all the celebrities that say they have tonight. And they all have it for different reasons. Pete Townsend from The Who has it from Loud Noise Exposure. Uh, Barbara Pete, Streisand. Pete Townsend has it from exploding drum sets, I'm sure. Keith Moon had it from explode. Uh, he said actually that he got it from the first exploding drum set. Yeah, no yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, but who, 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 who could have figured that wasn't a good idea? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Barbara Streisand apparently has had it since like huh. age nine from some sort of illness. Uh, but you see, most of these people. All these examples you're giving, people are are clear about an event or a trigger. Yeah, but now but I think not. That's not always the case. I mean, that wasn't the case for you. Yeah, my well, mine was definitely the result of cumul- cumulative noise. Exposure. You think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're sure about that? Ninety-five percent sure. But that's why I'm doing the show because I really want to get to the bottom of it. And the more common, I think that might be Western thinking. I I mean I have a couple other weird theories. There was one time I smoked. Okay. Yeah, and that was weird. And did the, did the, you get ringing from it? Yeah. Um, well. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure that I walked away from the experience going wow, gave me ringing. But I do. You might still be under the influence of it right now, and this is just a really you've only been on it for five minutes there's a there's, i'm still there um there's there's some hippies online that'll tell you it's it's called nadam or the carrier frequency interesting fact where, where are you gonna paint nadam on the side how about wa, wada, side, what was wada, that? that was what was on the if side anybody of knows what wada is w-a-d-a-h i saw it on the side of this rasta van it was okay wada yeah um do the WADA blog. The, I bring, so this is all part of this process of organizing these thoughts. There's this um, chemist, no longer with us, Alexander Shulgin, who wrote this book about his uh, time spent developing basically designer drugs, a lot of psychedelics. And at the very beginning of this really amazing book he wrote called PCAL, he talks about this rating system that he's developed for these drugs that he himself puts together and their perceived effects. And part of the rating system is this plus one, plus two, plus three. And a plus two, I want to say, is when he says his chronic tinnitus goes away. It's like page three in the book. Really? 
This is I. I no, he wasn't writing this about tinnitus. He no, was writing was this about, about his, these drugs. Yeah, he also happened to be a violin or viola player. Which having that, a lot of violin and viola players, right, especially in orchestras, that have sort of problem. makes sense. I never thought about. But that. pretty interesting, right? That a psychedelic drug would have this this chemist who's very straightforward in his language. He's not sensational about his tinnitus. He wasn't. It didn't sound, at least in the context of No, he of was writing. a scientist, more a scientist than a hippie. And he's noting that these powerful psychedelic drugs, once they reach a certain level of strength, uh, has this effect of relieving well, you know, him of his tinnitus. Well, you know, we seem to be entering a, a new phase of people wanting to study, you know, different medical and psychological effects of psychedelics, right? Yes. I mean, and so I feel like People have talked about it for a long time, but I think we might actually be starting real research. Oh yeah, there. I mean, um, there's there's some sort of anecdotal evidence online that some of the studies adjacent adjacent to the work of Paul Stamets, who's this uh, really famous mycologist, uh, that psilocybin has this potential you know you've seen those brain scans of psilocybin and the brain activity that's going on under yeah, different colors when it yeah know, yeah it's boop, it's boop, red whatever that means yeah but um uh, there's ideas that psilocybin might be able to do something to brain activity that might change uh perception of tinnitus and a story paul stamets shared on this podcast was of his elder mentor or an older friend of his who was hard of hearing in later years, but took a huge dose of mushrooms, something like five grams or something, seven grams. And he called Paul while on this trip. And he says, I can hear the ants crawling on my deck. <laughs> and, you know, it's easy to, to shrug that off and say, oh, he's tripping. But the... Check your hearing aids. In the context of the story, it's it really does sound like this guy is trying to say that psilocybin did something for his hearing. I, there there are some studies that suggest mushrooms can be helpful in neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. That's uh, the brain's ability to change and adapt to a new set of circumstances and neurogenesis. Uh, support neural growth so in the case of our hearing cells being damaged there's the potential to spark uh further growth well it certainly affects your perception and your senses yeah but i don't know there's also you know obviously it's way beyond me to understand how somebody designs a psychedelic drug like well, just, he that's has like a, weird cooking, man. In, in Shulgin's case, he had a really interesting story. He was a chemist for Dole Chemical, mm -hmm. and or Dow Dow Dole. Chemical. Dow Dole, Chemical. Dole, Dole, those are the banana people, right? But did Dole do any chemical work? He produced know. a pesticide for Dole, D Dow or Dole. Anyway, well, Dow is the chemical. Company. Yeah, I know Dow Chemical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually had a chemistry teacher in middle school who worked for Dow Chemical. Hmm. Um, he developed a, a pesticide for them, and they said, you did such a good job. Here's all the money. You can do basically anything you want. And he just got to 
play with chemistry and he became obsessed with psychedelic drugs and he would do these self-experiments with a small group of insiders and he would record all the results it's it's really fascinating work and um well but that must have been like the late 60s or the early 70s right right yeah 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 there was some of that going on and then it would, but then it became like a hippie thing and they just shut it all down yeah i mean it's like you know it's like pot was legal until oh, you know they realized who was smoking it yeah and they're like oh well, that has to be illegal well and there are some organizations doing some really interesting work right now not only for the legalization and and advocating for the medical uses of all of those super powerful drugs um but we're going to see along with that research some really interesting frontiers like just there we're going to learn a lot of cool stuff well what we're talking about are two ends of the same spectrum right because we're talking about future medicine and we're talking about ancient medicine when we talk about you know chinese medicine and um gotta be some something in there well you, you know, know or maybe even putting them together oh man you're here we're 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 getting there steve <laughs> um you know about ram das do you, sure. you yeah so do you know that legendary story about when ram das went and met um i forget the the name of the the guru that he he made this great pilgrimage to go meet and learn from mm-hmm. and he brought with him some insane amount of lsd something like five thousand hits or something and he says hey i brought all this lsd we can like trip out and and figure out the universe together and apparently the story goes the the guru snatched the lsd from his hand and he ate it all and he said i've already been there (laughs) i you know i that's such a guru thing to do yeah yeah (laughs) i wasn't there but uh i've always thought about that as an interesting indication that this these these drugs which i've long thought of as sort of a shortcut for something that we can already do within ourselves and this this centuries-old practice of of intense meditation and there's some really profound links so Mm -hmm. shulgin saying that when he takes certain psychedelics he notices that his tinnitus goes away We've already, it's, it's pretty common knowledge that, that ohm and resonant frequencies and all these things have these interesting connections to psychedelic states. Mm-hmm. And like I was saying earlier, there's, there's some connections that meditation, mindfulness, and a certain sort of awareness and acceptance, um, which, you know, acceptance sometimes comes through like something as profound as like ego death brought on by a psychedelic state. So there, there's, and all of those things might stand to have some lasting effect on the perception of tinnitus. I've noticed that for me, the probably the most distressing part about having tinnitus is the not wanting it there. Of course. That's why I say this is a double-edged sword, even having this conversation. (laughs) Because I can't have this conversation and also, you know, pretend it's not there because we're talking about it and we're we're focusing on it and we're trying to find ways to deal with it. But, again, it's almost like two ends of the same spectrum because we're talking about transcending it. Yeah. Right? And you can transcend it by... Saying I'm 
I, I'm, I, I, you know, it's maybe I guess you could call it a form of meditation. Like when I'm, when I say I'm ignoring it, it's like, I'm, it's not me, you yeah, know, it's yeah. a sound it's there, but it's not me. I, I control my thoughts and what I focus on and what I think about. And, um, I'm, you know, it's not going to, I'm not, that's not what's controlling me, yeah. you know, like I have consciousness. Of course, the other way of transcending it is to find a way to make it go away, yeah. <laughs> right? To like find a, a cure, find yeah. a, a, a relief, a treatment. And so one is, you know, based on focusing on it. One is based on focusing on not focusing on it, you know? <laughs> and so it's like, it's a spectrum, you know? But, uh, but it's all worthwhile. Right? Um, yeah, it's all worthwhile. Right? It's all, you know, it's not like, oh, I wish I wasn't doing this because I want to be doing that. It's like, oh, I, 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 can, I can do more than one thing. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, that's exactly why I'm, I'm just diving head first into all of well, this. Well, you've done a lot. I'm really, it's, this is fascinating to me because you're referencing a lot of things that I'm going to want to learn more about because, because, like I said, I've been like, I, you know, I didn't want to read anything more than Captain Kirk had it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> I think a lot of that is informed by the conversation that we have in the offices of our Western medicine practitioners, them telling you the best thing you can do is to accept it or tell forget me, I'll tell about you the it. truth. They wouldn't even, didn't, both my primary care physician and my audiologist, they wouldn't talk about it at all. Like I'd bring it up and like, they talk about different things. Like, that's what they I want to talk the about. And they're like, yeah. okay, well, whatever. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. I know. I know. <laughs> it was that's nothing. Why, that's why I'm here. So that's not, <laughs> so the answer's not there. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, with all due respect to audiologists and hearing professionals, because they have so much to teach us. I actually. Well, she taught me something else. They taught, but it's you know, all part was, of a bigger picture. Yeah. I, I did have a phone call, a sort of informal interview, which is probably one of the, the, the biggest sparks for starting this, this show was uh, I took it upon myself to call this audiologist and actually a friend connected us, but we got on the phone and I asked him a few pointed questions and it, it was slightly frustrating. I would love to have him on or ask him again, but yeah, I got that same Western medicine. You're going to have to learn to live with it. All of this stuff. There's why, do, why does a doctor want to talk about something that they can't treat? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. It just doesn't make them feel good. <laughs> yeah, so at the risk of sounding like, uh, you know, I'm part of this lunatic fringe, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But I, I do think that there are some important common themes in the lives of people who are living with it. I find that even sometimes little profound discoveries come in conversations I have with people who don't even have tinnitus. I have a friend who's really into yoga and I was telling them about how tinnitus affects me. And while they were listening to me, they heard something that caught their attention in the form of like, oh, that reminds me of this thing that I have going on. And the way I would handle that is I would kind of lean into it instead of steer away from it and i said that's crazy that's exactly 
what I've set my mind to doing with my tinnitus oh, is, is leaning into it. And again, it's, it's just interesting that people who aren't even living with it hear what I'm saying and they go, oh, that reminds me of this one thing. And, and so I'm trying to put all these pieces together and I'd love to be able to say all of it in under 10 minutes. <laughs> because well, you know, uh, that's very interesting because as much as I told you, like, I try to ignore it. That's that is changing, and I think a little while ago, I don't know if you and I had this conversation or something. Somehow, I knew that you were you had tinnitus, and somebody else. It, it came up in a couple of conversations with another friend, and it just got actually got me motivated to do more than just ignore it, which is why I went to the audiologist in the first place. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's why I'm here right now, yeah, yeah. Um, because I, I really, I'm, I'm a little more motivated to try to address this. I mean, I made some efforts and they didn't go anywhere, and I dropped it. But I'm not. It's well, not really very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is. It is a very frustrating uh, effort, and doesn't unfortunately doesn't have a ton of. Uh, that, no, that, so far I haven't found anyone handing out trophies. So, uh, <laughs> in the, you know, in the meantime, I'm just going to keep plugging along and it might take some time, but 2022 is going to be pretty exciting. There's a lot of science and research going into tinnitus. I am, I think that we're at this very important point in history where the world's getting louder all the time kids are using earbuds all the time certain ailments like there the covid thing is is a whole other thing but so there is an increased awareness of this subject and i'm finding through all of my research that this conversation is growing and i strongly believe that this next generation is going to be more motivated than any other generation before it to figure out what this thing is. Well, you know, I think we live with a lot of irony, right? Yeah. Where I think we have the ability to be connected at any time with anybody. I mean, I can be connected with someone in Zimbabwe and or in England or in Connecticut at any time with just by reaching in my pocket. Yeah. Right. And, uh, or, you know, you want to know what Star Trek episode, uh, uh, Shatner lost his hearing, you know, in 20 seconds, you know, which one it was, yeah. you know, the name of it. And yet, of course, I think we're less social than we've have ever been historically. We, we, we really we share more and we talk less yeah you know everybody wants to show a picture of the dinner that they had or you know what happened on their dog walk but people don't get together and have conversations like this or they don't join you know a bowling league or a bridge club where they get together every week with some certain people then you know you build relationships that way you know it's all it's very very superficial and that's that's normal and uh, that's kind of handicapping in a lot of ways, you know? Sharing uh, is caring, Steve. Sharing is caring. 
Steve, oh, I, I, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta go uh, do some other things. But it was super right. fun having you here. We well, should so talk again. We should do a follow up. I uh, want to check on you in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, because you got me turned on. Right, I'll tell you that right now. This is this is a very interesting conversation to me, and it's got me thinking. You know, I'm not being dramatic. It's got me thinking about this in a very different way. And it's and it's made me optimistic, like it's encouraged me. I'm going to search that out. And first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go back on my quest to try to find a good acupuncturist. No offense to the acupuncturist in town, but I have not found a good one yet. Yeah, you so, keep searching. So, but they're out there. Um, we may have to go a little farther afield. Yeah. Uh, and I would be definitely uh, down for following up on this because there's more. Let yeah, let's follow there's up. There's always more. Okay. All right, thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, man. What a guy that Steve. That was cool. The um, that bit about Die Hard Three. That really was my favorite one. That puzzle where they have to do the thing with the water jugs. That was just crazy. I hope he finds that acupuncturist. Um, how about any of y'all like ever um acupuncture it up does it does it do anything? Be curious to know i I kind of like that tea though, man, it was brutal um, so I reached out to Steve before putting this episode up. I asked him if he was still rocking the hearing aids and if he had anything he wanted me to pitch in the episode description today. And he said, uh, for the hearing aids, yes, still, they still bug me a bit, but the brain actually adjusts to them over time. Definitely hearing things I wasn't hearing before. Did you know that birds are really loud? And then he says, uh, I do think they have actually helped with the tinnitus. At least it brings other natural high-pitched sounds up to the level of the whining in my head. Um, he said, there's nothing to pitch except if you ride a motorcycle, wear earplugs. Even if the bike isn't loud, the wind noise will get you. And that kind of made me think of this time I was lucky enough to go on this like really long road trip in this old 60s MG. It's like this little racing car and it has it's a convertible top and we were just like ripping down the highway i remember we drove alongside this bus full of kids and they were like hanging out the windows screaming how cool they thought the car was it was really neat um but sometimes i think about that we're just blasting misfits the whole way on this old tape deck might have done some damage on that adventure um, what else? Yeah, I don't know. I think that was pretty good. So, until next time. This is the show. The show.